Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. In the name of Jesus. Lord, as we go into your word, Lord, we pray that your name alone be exalted in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for what you do in Jesus most wonderful name of prayer. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Let's have our six brothers of all in the name of Jesus Christ. Just want to appeal to us that by God's grace, next week we will be back at the school. Um, we've had a lot of um, um, information conversations from the Owners of the building that are in the Egypt today, but I trust that we'll, we'll get back to our, our normal um, pattern of worship and God will help us all in the name of Jesus Christ. Um, if you notice the visions for the moment, God said that we are, it is a moment where he's giving us peace and rest. And at times, there are different reasons why God makes announcements of what he, what he intends to do. And one of the reasons why God makes announcements and says things like that, it doesn't mean that uh, that that last month was not a month of peace. It doesn't mean that there are, at times when God makes announcements, there are implicit, implicit interpretation of what he said. But as we grow and we understand God more, you will probably have a different, you will understand him better the way he speaks or how he talks. Like when Jesus was going and Jesus said, I will send you a comforter. That is the Holy Spirit. That is great news. But implicit in what he has said is that you will have trouble. Because you only need comforter when you are going to feel sad. So when God says, I have given you the Holy Spirit, if you are not if, if God has not given you grace to kind of understand the implication, the implicit message of what he has said, you would, you would be excited, but you might be excited for the wrong reasons. Does that make sense? So when God makes announcements at times, there are, there are, there are times when, you know, it is, it is um, you need to be you need to be careful to kind of understand. And maybe at a particular time, you know, maybe we might have a conversation around the way Jesus was saying, be careful how you listen. It's not that you are not listening. He said, be careful how you listen. Because when you are listening to God with a default state, with a default position, like for example, when, uh, when Nathan, uh, Nathan came to meet David, I said, David, this person did this, this person did this. Then why did David not realize? Because David was already listening with a default mind. A, a boy and a girl wanted to get married. I said, I know the boy. And came to ask me about, is this my wife? Should I marry her? The implicit part where you are, if I ask any one of us, maybe in your, the way you would see that interp- that request means that the question is, is that woman good for the guy? So is that, yeah, is that woman good for the guy? Does that make sense? That is the word you would do. But when we're praying, the gathering of people that were praying together did not know who I knew in two. So they now said that 
it is better they don't marry because that boy will destroy the life of the woman. The reason why you already have a bias already how you are listening to God because you think that because somebody asks God about something, that means that they are the good. God is only looking for the bad to act with. You get what I'm saying? So, when the person has said, who do you know in the two? I said, it is the guy. I said, ah, eh, maybe. I said, no, no, don't change it. What I'm trying to point out is this. At times when people are hearing God, it's not that you're not hearing, you are hearing him with a default system. And as a result, at times you, you, you may, there are certain things you may lose out in what he's saying. So, one of the things, so I just said all that, maybe when, you know, like I said, that's why I used the, word, uh, the example of David, is that at times when you're listening to God, especially when you're listening to prophecy, or maybe God is speaking to you, at times you already have that default system that I am okay, that is why he's speaking to me. But that may not be true. That may not be the truth. And they are born clearly said to us that couple of said, 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 after putting this word, I make my subject to the word. So I am also counting myself as the first as the first issue that God needs to do. So I would say that just to kind of say that you know, God has said that this month is a month of peace and understand and, and, and rest. And I just feel that, you know, we should just move even closer to understand and basically how to activate, you know, or walk in that peace for a long period of time. Especially, you know, you know there are news going on all around. The world is getting darker. In fact, you know, I was listening to the Bank of England, um, Bank of England uh, governor, he said it was kind news, and basically said it's going to be bad. said it's going to be bad. And you know, they were saying that, you know that people are suffering already as of now. He said, I'm not a politician. Unfortunately, things are going to be bad. He said, it's going to get better in the nearest future, but in the future, but in the nearest now, I cannot, I know, a politician can try to put something for me. He said, but I can only just tell you of what is coming down the track. And things like that. But you know, he said certain things which I felt that it was a good opportunity for the church to pray. He was saying there are so many indices that are it's outside our control. That's the point of prayer. Then someone said, What can we do? He said, Just the, the desire is that we make the right decision as we are going along this line. Because the, the matter we make good decisions, the quicker for us to come out. And when we make bad decisions, things will get worse. So that is a point of prayer for the God of God. God grants his grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So as we, as we read and try to understand um, the peace of God, you know, the Bible says, the scripture that we read, Psalm 46, says that the Lord is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. He said, therefore we will not fear. Even though the heart give way and the mountains fall into in, uh, mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam and mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her; she will not fall. She will not fall. God will help her at the break. Nations, upper and kingdoms. So when we when we read that of how and understanding now in this picture of what we are seeing, what we are looking at, what is obvious is there are so many things that will capture your attention. But what gives the the city of God peace? The Bible calls it a stream. What does that mean is that in the, in the midst of all the chaos, what actually provides strength for you 
is something that you cannot, if you, if you, if you are not careful, you would miss it. So the Bible is saying, nations is the Bible is saying that no, um, the mountains are shaking, the waters are falling. He said, but there is a stream in the midst of it, which makes glad the city of God. Which makes glad the city of God. And what and you see as Jesus also begins to tell us in John chapter 14, verse 27, he said, he said, he said, he said, he said, he said, he said I, 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 my peace, I live with you. My peace, I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled. And do not be afraid. You go to John, John 16, verse 33. He says, I have, I have not... I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. Take heart, for I have overcome the world. This sets one thing clear. Peace, when it comes to God, is not the absence of trouble. Some people would think that when you are talking about peace, that means that everything around you is okay. Peace, the peace of God, is not a function of everything around you is okay. That is not the way the peace of God generates itself. So that means that an example is Jesus. Sleeping in the boat when the whole place was 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 going crazy because peace is not dependent on anything, everything going well. The peace of God is far greater than that. When you read the Amplified Translation. The Amplified Translation says, the Amplified Translation says that John chapter 14, verse 27, it says, it says, peace I live with you, my perfect peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, gives, I do give you. It said, do not let your heart be troubled, nor be afraid. Let my peace calm you in every situation. And give you courage and strength for every challenge. So when God is saying, I have released peace to you, this month is a month of peace. I am not saying that is what it means, but it could also imply that you need to be aware of the peace of God no matter what comes. No matter what comes, your way. So, the first thing I want to, first of all, let us understand is that the peace of God is not dependent on what happens around you. What the peace of God helps you to do is to take control of what is around you. He allows you to take control of your environment because you have that peace. You have that peace. You know, there is a function of the, there is a characterism of the peace of God. The Bible will call it the peace of God that surpasses understanding. That means that one of the things that when you begin to walk in this kind of peace, people will say they don't care. That was exactly what they told Jesus. Don't you care that we are humble to that? If, um, 
Let us go to um, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7. The Bible says, do not worry about anything. Instead, instead, instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he has done. Then, you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. So that means that there would be reasons for you to panic. There will be reasons for you to be disturbed. But once you have the peace of God inside of you, and I'm going to try to get to a point whereby we begin to express the peace of God as a weapon for a Christian. As a weapon for a Christian. But it's important that you first of all, I'm just trying to get you to know that as a Christian, there is access to what the Bible calls peace. There is access to what the Bible teaches us as peace. One of the things is that once a Christian does not understand how peace operates, you would lose that which God has given you. When you do not understand how peace operates, you will make decisions that will add more to the journey we are already in. Because, and when a man does not understand peace, you will fall prey for certain things that you should not do, that should not be your portion. Because, Let's, let's read Isaiah chapter, Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15 to 16. The Bible says, this is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says. Only in returning to me and in resting in me would you be saved. In quietness and confidence is your strength. But you would not, you would do none of this. He said, Vasitina said, you said no, we will, we will get our help from Egypt. They will give us swift horses to ride into battle. But only sweetness, you are going to, into the sweetness of your enemies, so that's the your enemies will chase you. Basically what he's saying is that because you have abandoned my peace, you will jump on the horses of the enemy and as a result you will become captive. See, when you see someone that is operating that, and I will show us a scripture, it is a growing process. When that person is doing certain things, you would, most of the time you would misunderstand that. I've had of a case where there was a spiritual attack that struck within a garden. It was about the way And if something happened, somebody was. And about the way said, so I said, no, let everybody go and see. We are not praying to that. If you don't understand him, you will think what he did is. Uh, I don't care. But what he has gotten hold of is the weapon of peace. Because as a Christian, there are places you, you do not fight your battle from the place of fear. Or else, no matter what you do, you will only be feeding that part, that person. And please, I'm not talking about false confidence. Confidence of, you know, I, I, I know, I am sure that, uh, no, no, that's what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. It takes 
some level of peace for Jesus to see that they are in that position and go to sleep. But the problem is that when people see, just like the disciples will say, don't you care? Is it not when everything scatters? That is when you now wake up and know that you want to pray. When a servant of God doesn't understand the instrument of peace, they would always be running around forever. But when you have understood certain things about the peace of God, there are certain things that will happen. You will just be looking. As small as this church. I tell people, I am not known, I, I don't know it all. But little that I, I know, I will not be able to sleep. But at times, I do sleep. Because until you understand that as a Christian, you do not fight for victory, you fight from victory. And God was saying, because you will not rest. You are looking for swift action. You would end up in the hands of the enemy. So, what I'm trying to say to us is this. Once you, the Bible, let's go, let me just explain this a bit for that. In, in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 to, 5 to 3, the Bible says, in view of this, make every effort, uh, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Uh, sorry, 7 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 to 8. He said, basically, add to your faith, moral excellence, to your moral ex excellence, um, and to moral excellence knowledge, to knowledge self-control, and to self-control, patience, endurance, and to patience, endurance, godliness. And to, and but when he goes to that verse 8, he said, the more you grow like this, the more productive, the more productive and useful will you be in your knowledge of Christ. So that means that when you learn, when the Bible says self-control and it has patience, self-control is not only does not only talk about fornication or things like that. Self-control is the ability to stay calm. Even when it looks like fire is raging. The Bible says that when you can grow in these things, then you will become productive. Your knowledge, you will have the opportunity to use the knowledge of Christ that you have that you have learned to, to move more in your journey. One thing I want us to also know as we look more into this is that peace is, a, is part of the fruit of the Spirit. So that means that, okay, let's, let's look at um, Galatians 5, verse 22. The Bible says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Do you know what some, what adds to all of this, what all these things comes to? You have to practice them. So that means also, in walking in peace, you have to deliberately practice it. The peace of God does not stay without you making a choice to grow in it. Without you making a choice to grow in it. make mistakes. But it is better because when you allow, when you learn to begin to walk in peace, you give God room to walk on your behalf. Because you are now resting in Him. We were in church one day, we were doing the service. And 
parsing somebody inside. I didn't really see the person in full time. I knew that somebody ran out. So there was a prophet with us there who was telling our pastor, did you not see what happened to that person that ran out? I said, what? So the person was carrying something in it. And he just struck that person on the run out. Said, you know, said, I don't see those kind of things. So I said, it's not my it's not my business. I am not responsible for the security of the church. I said, see, the more you you have the ability to rest in peace, rest in God, you will not be. There will be so many things. I'll give another example. There was somebody who came to me and I said, Pastor, uh, I want to know if this person is my husband or my wife or whatever the case is. Sorry, my, my husband. And I said to them, you know, the person will cancel them. I cancel them and I said, no, don't worry. And they said, Lord, I don't care what that's the best I can do. Take charge and say, he's left, he's left to you. That person had, about a week later, so that person had a view that they brought that person to church and asked the person, this guy that you want to marry, this and this and this is what the issues are. Explain to that person and to that person that way. If I had not, the little that I had known, not learned to walk, to rest in God, you would be concerned about what you think is your weakness as a person. And as a result, you'd be like Saul that will rush out to want to make a name. When God is saying, because this makes sense to us. Oh, God has grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, the peace of God is the peace of God is an instrument in the kingdom of God. That's why the Bible says that the kingdom of God, uh, Romans chapter 14, Bible says the kingdom of God is not in the matters of eating or drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So that means that when it comes to God, when it comes to the kingdom, to the kingdom of God, every child of God has access to God's peace. There is an opportunity for you to, to learn to begin to walk in His peace. To learn to begin to walk in His peace. One of one of the ways when, when we begin to learn or to walk in his peace is to come first of all as a somewhere as a Christian. The first thing we do is that we come under the government of God. When you come under the government of God and you submit to his rulership, his peace is the first thing that you begin to, to have access to. Isaiah, Isaiah says to us, he says, Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. He said, The government will be on his shoulder and he will be called wonderful, counselor, um, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Please know that when it comes to prince of peace, he's talking about government because princes are, is, a, is a title of governance. So the Bible now went on to say that, that's what you go to verse 7, he now says that of, of the greatness of his government and peace. So, as you begin to release yourself to the government of God, the peace of God is also released to you. Is also released to you. That is why when Jesus was explaining, Jesus said, Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30, he said, Come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy burden. He said, I will give you rest. But this is how it's going to happen. Take my yoke and learn from me. And he said, he said for, my, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. So Jesus said, once you come into my government, and not just come, please note what he said. 
He said, when you learn of me, so the more you know about me, the more you understand who I am, the more your, your, your peace is on the increase. Does that make sense? So he said, he said, he said, he said, take my yoke. Now, those don't say, I follow Jesus. No, he said, learn of me. Learn from me. Another person said, learn of me. Basically, what he's saying is that as you begin to learn about God and his character, your peace will begin to increase. The rest will begin to increase. Will begin to increase. So that means that first, the way the peace of God is multiplied to you is as your knowledge of God increases. That's why when you see somebody who just gave their life to Christ and they struggle with a lot of things, one of the things that they first of all be noticing is that they just have this peace. Because you are coming into a government. And one thing that the government first of all gives you is peace. But you now need to know how to maintain that peace. Or else, you know, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a challenge. to just spray a little bit on that issue of, of rest and how we connect I'm just trying to lay a foundation and how we connect or we, how that rest is released to you how that peace is released to you can I ask you a question says in Genesis that on the seventh day God rested. What do you think that rest means? Is it because God has walked and on the seventh day he rested? You would see that because God was trying to educate people, he now introduced in the laws of Moses, Sabbath, basically so that you would understand what rest actually. Now, when they began to overflow rest, Jesus now said, Sabbath was not created for man, but man for Sabbath. Basically, what he's saying is that, no, see, Sabbath actually means no than just taking one day off. And that's why when you go to the New Testament, the Bible now says that you will enter his Sabbath, you will enter his rest. So Sabbath is not a day. Sabbath is a lifestyle. So, because if we don't understand, if we, if, we, if, we, if, we, if we think that because God has walked, so on the seventh day, he decided to rest. Then, then there will be a problem with this scripture, Isaiah chapter 40. Let's go, please. Isaiah chapter 40. Hello, sir. The, the Bible says here, the Bible says, the Bible says, it says, Isaiah chapter 40. No, it's good. God bless you. The Bible says, Do you not know? Have you not heard that the Lord, the everlasting God, the creator of the things of the earth, is not does not grow tired or weary. So why did God need rest? If the Bible says it doesn't go tired or weary. So those that are said, you know what? God was share for the man. God even walked for six days and seven days. He rested. No, then that means that I why did get rest? Because you are tired. But the Bible says it doesn't grow tired. So what I'm trying to say to you is that the rest, as far as the kingdom of God is concerned, is a different world. He said to, he said, he said no, it is 
He said, and you understand who can perform. The Bible says, no, he is the one that gives strength to people that are, that are tired. He doesn't go tired. So having said that, it's now, it is now important for us to have a little, at least briefly, on what is rest. What exactly is rest? For anything that is a spirit, they all seek a place of rest. That is why when the Bible says, let's go to Matthew chapter 12, when the Bible talks about unclean spirits, the Bible says when Jesus said, when the impure spirit comes out of a person, he goes through the places seeking a place of rest. So one of the things when you see impure, what they are looking for is a place of rest. So where did God find rest? The rest that the scripture was talking about, where did God find it? Why is it that it was on the seventh day that they found the place of rest? And you can see also, see there are some universal, universal, um, um, some universal things, just like, just like um, a criminal has a gun, a policeman has a gun. It is what they are using the gun for that determines either one ends up in prison or not. Now, when it comes to spiritual things, I think there are some laws that are universal in the spiritual world. That is why somebody can see your vision, you tell you about what God is saying. And somebody else who is using Vidu can see the same thing. But the implication, but what happens that how who, who they are working for now determines the implication in that person. Does that make sense? So so you can have somebody who, who can go to a, a, a Babalao for protection. The problem is that they may be protected for a season, but the implication will be greater. So what I'm trying to say here is that so when you the Bible says he says he says he, he, the Bible says then it then it then it says I will return to the house I left and when it arrives he finds the place unoccupied and then he goes and takes seven more wicked spirits and they go and leave it. So basically there are so many of them walking about looking for rest, looking for rest. Now, let's see Isaiah chapter 66. We are still talking about rest and God's peace. God, this is God still talking. He said, this is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne. Heart is my footstool. Where is the house you have built for me? Where is my place of rest? As my hand not made all this, God is saying, see, I made everyone. I made the heart. But when it comes to my place of rest, he now went on and he said, he said, so they, they came in to me, declare the Lord. These, these are the ones I look, these are the ones I, I look on with favor. Those who are humble and contract in spirit, who tremble at my word. Basically, God, God is saying, so when God created Adam, the Bible says he rested because he found rest in Adam. So in Isaiah chapter 66, he came up again and said, He says, I, I, I own heaven. <laughs> See, there, is, there, there are buildings I can create anything, but where is the place where I'm going to rest? Because a human being was created as a place of rest. 
That's what many of these people are also looking for. They are looking for a place to rest. So God is saying, see, yeah, I, 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 I created the heavens. And all these things are great, but there is a place I am seeking to find rest. There is a place I am seeking to find rest. And the book of uh, the scriptures that we said, and that's why I said the first thing that comes when the commander is kingdom, God gives you his rest because he finds a place of rest in you. And it is out of that rest that you begin to function. Uh, does, that, does this make sense? Or does it come in? God grants us this in the name of Jesus Christ. the Bible says that God made peace with us on the cross. Because that is the first issue that needs to be resolved. We will be talking and looking more about practicalities of working in the rest of God. Because, and like I said, is that if you do not learn to work in God's rest, you will lose all that is in you. Or you would make errors when you should have it. Because you don't know how to hold the peace. This is what we last to do. Philippians chapter 4. Thank you. Now, we, we, we cut this scripture. I just wanted to come towards the country. The Bible says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which has sent all understanding, will guide your heart and your mind. Basically, what the Bible is saying, there is an avenue to, to um, hurt the peace of God when you come to the place of prayer. There is a place you get to in prayer that the peace of God is released in your heart. I don't know if you have ever experienced it. You just feel that peace inside of you. But the problem now is that how do you keep that peace? Because you cannot forever pray. So the Bible now goes further and says, finally, my brethren, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is, is admired, whatever thing is excellent, think of such things. It did not say you will not hear negative things. It said you need to now begin to learn, to learn to choose what to meditate on. Or else your peace will evaporate. So when God releases his peace to you, you need to choose what you meditate on. And the Bible classifies them for us. You know, uh, And one thing is that as you begin to build your foundation on scriptures, and we will probably look at that in a as it, it releases some peace, it releases peace into your heart. And those things you can build on it. You can build on it. So the Bible says that you choose. So as you as we continue this week, as we keep going on, please let us learn to choose what we do. 
or else your peace will go. There is something you would need to know, baby, boo, 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 but there is something that the Bible also says that we should add to our journey. And the Bible calls it, um, is it, what I'm just trying to say to us first, is that in the kingdom of God, there is something as part of the requirement of your journey. It's called patience. There is no, there is no, if you have not grown to the point of being patient in the things of God, then you would only be able to grow as far. I tell, you know, I thought someone also during the week. There are certain things that God is teaching me as a person, little that I do. And before he finishes that section A of what he's teaching, at times it will take five years. You have to learn to understand the deep things of God. You have to learn to be patient. And you have to, how can you be patient? You have to learn to have this peace. That even, even when things go wrong, you have that peace. That because you are still in school, the process is still, you will end up well. I, that is why when God was going to speak to Moses, Moses has been going on the mountain regularly. Then this day he went there for a long seven days, I believe. The Bible says that he was there on, on the is it on the seventh day that God spoke. So what was he doing there for six days? Have you never thought about it? When God told Moses, Moses, come upstairs. I want to speak to you. I, I want to give you something. I want to give you love. Do you know the first thing that this sounds weird in that? He's speaking. God is the one that spoke to you. God doesn't God sent over you. God spoke to him and said, come over here. You'll be like, what you are going to say there? Can you not say it now? That's what I'm going to do. When Moses now got there, the Bible says that the presence of God came down, but God never spoke. Moses was in that cloud for five days or six days, sitting down in the cloud. Some of us, by the time you feel the cloud, you have had it. <laughs> why was God, why did God keep him sitting in a place for six days? What was God after? The Bible never said Moses prayed. Some of us, you have come that city. See, there are some servants that God will take you to. If he says, wait, he's not expecting you to pray. So you will sit there. If your GP says, wait in the recession, you will be shouting at the GP in front of you. So why are you, why are you thinking? That's, that's, that's what we are doing. God said, wait, oh. And you are praying. He's praying with. What God was dealing with is the flesh. At times, certain things you think is spiritual, it is because your body is impatient. And God kept him at that position so that his flesh can die. At times, in an environment that God is, it seems like the whole place wants to explode. And God is saying, no, you can't. Because he's trying to teach you how to overcome your flesh. And some of us have graduated away from that place. We were talking in Bible study that um, all through the life of uh, Daniel, Daniel only saw about, is it eight visions or, or I think so. And, and the Bible classifies him as a prophet. 
if you saw a prophet that only saw a vision in your lifetime, would you classify that as prophet? At times we have generated a lot of things because our body does have not learned to rely on the peace of God and to be patient. The greatest gift you can get from God is to learn patience. I'm not saying why you are patient, this will be going well. In fact, <laughs> because I can imagine Moses say, ah, these people that I have kept today, what are they doing? By the time Moses came down, what did they do? They were already doing something that is wrong. Which would have probably said, ah, God, if you had allowed me quickly come and attend to these people, maybe they would not have gone wrong. That's all right. And I'm saying this for everyone of us so that it will help our, our especially in this room, our prophetic people. It is not every time that you say, what did God say? That God says something. It doesn't have to. But at times we believe that once they say, pray, there has to be a response. But at times it's not like that. But when you shake, 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 something will come so when you pray for someone, you say, ah. <laughs> there the people who are not here. Then you go to that person, but you don't tell me. And my sister, they can't even see something, something. Because at times there is a season where God will choose to be quiet. At times, even in your journey with God, at times you know that you are doing something wrong. God will choose to be quiet. There was a time for a couple of months, nobody was going to chance again. Then of course I began to see the agitation of my people. And I said, God. <laughs> then you begin to get all versions of um, ideologies. And maybe you do and maybe you know, do and do this, do that, this and that. I will never forget that. And I said, God said, what is your problem? This is what I need you to learn. The ability to trust me that if I have something to say, I will tell you. You don't have to always hear from me. At times I am quiet, not because I am not working, but there is nothing for me to, for you to get involved in. in the world. If I have an issue, I will let you know. For this season, I'm hoping that I'll be able to train you to learn to be quiet and wait. Before, before long, by a couple of people, or seven, when I think that everything got to erupt again. Every service, probably just. Nothing is wrong. I, am just, I just want to take you through those seasons because there will be times. Where, so that I don't want you to be over dependent. I'm not saying that when somebody goes in church, you don't hear it. That's not what I'm saying. But there might be seasons in your life that God will just look at you. It's not that He's just trying to see how well you can be dependent on Him. But we all learn to trust and rest. So it is important that we learn to begin to outend this world or come towards our world. In this journey of learning rest, if you are still alive to yourself, if you are still, if you are not totally dead unto God, you will struggle. Because any loss in inverted commas, that you receive in that process, you would would make you turn back because you are because you have a um, you have a tolerance level. Like Moses, maybe Moses' tolerance level was two days, three days. You have to go back downstairs and say, God, 
I had God, you know. Oh, most people say, Moses, what did God say? Ah, the presence of God. Oh, I felt the presence. He has, he has, God, God is saying, ah, if you are waiting for this, you will not know, be going downstairs and having their presence. Please. Do you know that, have you ever seen that, because um, at times most of us have, and when you, maybe when God gives us grace, time. But when you read, when you see the picture of the Ten Commandments, you only see two tablets. So the interpretation people give to it is that God wrote five in one and five in another. That's not what God did. He was ten in one, ten in another. One was a one was for the people of Israel, one was for him. Is that it was basically a contract between both of them. So what I'm trying to say, let us even say that it is have you read the Ten Commandments? How does it take seven days to read ten commandments? Have you not thought about it? What was it doing there? Was God saying A, B? Is that what was happening? So because I don't understand how somebody can go before God and collect ten commandments for seven days. If that person came back and said, ah, seven days prayer and fasting, I stood before God. What did you get? Check on my phone. <laughs> Who doesn't know that you know still? Okay, already. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't know that you should not take somebody's one? Is that one message? <laughs> All I'm asking was, it is difficult. As human beings, and at times it is the journey of God taking us to be able to rest in His peace. It times things will go wrong. You will get to a point where, like most, like um, they told Jesus, don't you care that we all perish? But the ability to trust God. That even if I get it wrong, he knows that what I'm trying to develop is resting. Some of us, maybe your rest is that after you are prayed, you prayed well, you had a terrible dream, you prayed well, you prayed in faith, leave it there. Learn to, to live in God's rest. If the dream comes again, I thank you, Father, for because I have asked for this. And the Bible says, when I have asked, I have received. Learn, let us learn together. Or else, the devil will be, by the way, so they will be calling prayer points for you. That's why the way he says, the devil, let us go and see. And the same way he said, the devil will not be, will not be calling prayer points for you. We are praying. Somebody said to you, pray and fast about certain things. You pray and fast. Somebody might be going to have for something like that. Please don't. When, I'm not saying, if God says you should pray more, I can the kind of God will tell you to persist on the altar of prayer. But don't think that the first one did not mean anything. Maybe God did not help. But when you are able to rely on prayer, even though you are fasting and praying on other sessions, you are saying, God, I thank you because I am not, it is, this is not the beginning. I am closer to the beginning. Why? Because my, I am rest assured. We call Christ grace in the name of Jesus. So as we enjoy the peace of God, it's just important that we learn to stay in this peace and rest And as we come to the place of prayer, that's the scripture that we read. He said, he said, he said, he said, he said, when you pray, he said, the peace of God that surpasses understanding will guard your heart. And maybe some of us, there are certain places where you have lost your peace. 
There are certain places where we are trying, but we seem to have lost it. As we come to the place of prayer together, may God grant us grace and opportunity in the name of Jesus. Let us rise up, please. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.